Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. You know, I really do want to lean in today to this idea of love. We've talked over the last couple of weeks, and we went through through hope, through peace, through joy, the joy to stay. And this week we're talking about love. And we're going to be finishing off our arrival series at Christmas Eve. So you're not going to want to miss that because I'm excited. Five weeks. It's the longest series I have ever taught in my entire life. Five sermons. Can you believe that? Guys, this is new beginnings here at Grace City, Tampa, okay? Never preached a series that was five weeks before but I have loved it, and I've gotten a whole new perspective of the meaning of Christmas. Have you? Has it been okay? We're going to be reading out of Luke 1, 26 through 35, and then also John 3, 16 through 17. And if you have your Bibles with you or your phones, I'd encourage you to pull them open. We're a note-taking church. We're a Bible-holding church. And so uh, if you need to go to the Bible bookstore or to Barnes & Noble or Books A Million... Wherever you want, Amazon. Amazon. There's a lot of bookstores in this world that you need to get yourself a paper Bible because we're starting a revolution called the Paper Bible Revolution. It started a whole lot longer before I was born, but we're about to carry it on, all right? So Luke 1, 26, says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. These are the prophecies that were foretold that she's now hearing from this angel, Gabriel. Verse 34, how will this be? Mary asked, since I am still a virgin, valid question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. And then John 3, 16 through 17 says this, for God so loved, so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Aren't you grateful for that? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Through him. Everyone say through him. Through him. I'm going to be talking on this topic today. Of so loved, so love. So loved, so 
love. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for this moment. Thank you for the beautiful moments of worship where we encountered your presence and lifted high your name. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you for our church and the blessing it is to be a part of this great church. We believe that you're doing a mighty work in and through us. So help us today to continue on the mission to grow, to flourish, to encapsulate the mission of the gospel today. Let these words not just fall down. Let these scriptures not just be words on a page, but let them come alive to us today. So loved, so loved. Let it be our anthem today. I pray you'd anoint the ears to hear it and anoint my voice to speak it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, if you love Jesus, would you just lift up an applause to Jesus and tell him that you love him, that you're thankful for him? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, are you good, church? Are you good? Such an awkward question to ask from stage. I mean, honestly, like I can't actually hear if you're good. I just hear a bunch of people mumbling going, like I don't actually know if you've had a good week or a bad week or what you've gone through. It's an awkward question, rhetorical question to ask from stage. It's like I don't actually care. I'll just ask a question. Are you good? It's funny. We really are in the business as humans to ask questions. It's just a part of us. We want to always know the why behind the what. Wouldn't you agree? We want to know the why. But so often we can just ask, you know, empty questions. And I think often as humans, we just come out of the womb asking questions. Like Brianna and I, with our four kids, um, we just got a bunch of question askers. You know what I'm saying? Bunch of question askers. And these kids, at all times, can I have this? Can I do this? Can I go here? Can I watch this? Can I eat this? Right? I mean, at all times, we are annoyed. I mean, we love our, our kids' questions. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, it was just a couple days ago. I'm riding. We have a little stationary bike, and I just try to stay a little active every day if I can. And my son uh, walks up to the machine. Our oldest son, he's six years old, and he goes, why are you riding the bike, Dad? And it's like, ugh. So, uh, and I go, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for the Tour de France. That was a mistake, because what happened after that? What's the Tour de France? And you're like, nah, you know what I'm saying? It's funny, even Mary asks this angel, she goes, how will this be? We are question-asking kinds of people. We love to ask questions. And, you know, it was uh, probably 10 years ago, uh, we had a tradition in my household that on Christmas Eve, we watched The Grinch That Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Anybody else? Three people love The Grinch That Stole Christmas. It's one of those movies that I just love. Brianna never watches it with me anymore because I quote everything in it. I'm one of those guys. Don't get me started with Nacho Libre. But it was about 10 years ago. And my friend Jonas, who's here on the front row, would you wave out everybody for me? This is Jonas, one of my best friends in the whole world. He is Swiss and currently lives in Germany with his beautiful wife and two kids and um, is an amazing, amazing businessman and been a dear friend for many, many years. Um, he came 10 years ago to experience an American Christmas. A decade ago, he came. It was crazy. And I remember Jonas, we, were, we went to the Christmas Eve service at my parents' church and had a great time at that. And 
We go back to my parents' house. We kind of do the things. We open one present on Christmas Eve. Anybody else? We do all this thing, and then we start the movie, The Grinch. Jonas is mortified. He's from Switzerland and has never even heard of The Grinch before. And all of a sudden, this green monster comes out yelling at kids, terrorizing the town. And he looks at me and he goes, how can this be a Christmas movie? Like how, he's like, this is a terrifying thing that you're watching. Why would you guys watch this green demon monster terrorize people's lives? Well, I'm trying to answer the question to him, but he kind of gets up. He's not interested. I remember he just kind of like half watched the movie a bit. Um, but, you know, it's a funny movie. And it, why it's good is because the whole movie is about Cindy Lou asking the question, why Christmas? Why Christmas? Why are we doing all of these things, everything coming together? See, all these things always come back. We always try to find the why behind the what. And that's okay. I think it's a a beautiful thing. So when we approach Christmas, we really do have to ask ourselves why. We really do have to come to the conclusion of why. So that we can firmly establish it in our hearts. Are you with me, church? Why are we going through so much effort to celebrate? Why are we celebrating this holiday with such grandeur and sentiment? So I want to give you the meaning of Christmas today. Is that all right? I'm going to give you the meaning of Christmas, and you probably already know it, but that's okay because church can just be a reminder today for you. The meaning of Christmas, the meaning of Jesus, the meaning of his birth, his life, his miracles, his teachings, his crucifixion, his resurrection, the veil being torn, And his sending of his Holy Spirit is love. It's the arrival of love in our lives sent by God as a gift. See, we see it in John 3.16. For God so loved, that's us, he loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, for us. See, that's the gospel message, church. That's the gospel message. It's the good news that we are to proclaim. And I always want Grace City Tampa to be a gospel-centered church. That everything that we do, that we say, boils down to the good news about Jesus and what he's done for us. It's the meaning of Christmas. So if we go back a little bit into Luke 1, I want to unfold this a little bit more to where we can understand what this love really means for us and how we can at work it in our lives. So you have this young virgin named Mary who's engaged and getting ready to get married. Exciting time, also terrifying. Wedding planning is terrible, right? Throw a wrench in it and have your fiance get magically, I mean, you know, supernaturally pregnant. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that that threw a little bit of stress in the midst of all of this stuff. You know, she has this amazing family. Um, her cousin, Elizabeth, Uh, is actually the mother of John the Baptist. And in her old age, uh, she was able to have this baby in her old age. It was an absolute miracle. So I want you to understand that Mary has already experienced a miracle of a baby coming that didn't make sense. You can imagine it. Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband, it even says that he was mute and he was, he was, his mouth was held shut by the Holy Spirit until the baby John the Baptist came. John the Baptist being the one who came to foretell the coming of Jesus and he's the guy who would baptize people in the Jordan. 
So already you can see that Mary's life was full of miracles. And she knew that God was there amongst her family. So in Luke 1, 28, the angel went to her, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And it says that she's terrified. I would be too. Who knows what kind of ramifications come from that? I'm sure Elizabeth is telling like the angel just came to me and gave me a baby, a miracle. I would have no idea what the angel's about to do. So she's terrified in this moment. In verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. Yet again, this is the second time happening in this family where the angel is giving him this exact, this exact prophecy. In 32 through 33, it says this, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high God. So you can understand here now, the, the atmosphere would have changed in that moment. And she would have understood as the angel begins to unfold the prophecies of the Old Testament for her life in these next couple of scriptures. Right here it says, and give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants. It would have all come together in understanding the fact that this is the Messiah coming. His kingdom will never end. So she asks the question, how will this be? How will this be? And she said, since I am a virgin. I don't want to say even now, church, I want you to see this, that God will always work past your realities. When there's a miracle that's come to bring him glory, he will always work past your realities. Our humanity might be to ask questions and wonder why, but God is working past your realities. The angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. This great gift, Jesus, given to Mary. The person she carried changed everything. She was highly favored and the Lord was with her and the Holy Spirit came on her and said, you will bring heaven to earth. Church, do you see this right now? Do you see this in the scripture? That Mary, if you look back through all of scripture and all of humanity up to this point, Mary was the very first human being to ever carry God inside of her. She was the very first person to carry the fullness of the Trinity inside of her, Jesus. She's carrying God inside of humanity. The very first one. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? The fact that she was so highly favored, God was inside of her in the fullness of himself. I can't even imagine what that would be like to understand that you're carrying the son of the most high God. So I want us to see how this is significant in our lives because I really do believe it is. And Jesus says in John 16, 7 through 8, it says this, but very truly I tell you, it's good for you that I'm going away. What? I mean, the angel just said to Mary, he's going to come and do all of these things and his reign will live on forever. And yet Jesus comes with this statement, it's good for you that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So church, right now, I want all of you to look into my eyes. I want you to understand this, and I want to say this to you. Greetings, you 
who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. See, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit in the fullness of the Godhead to live inside of you as the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what was once found that Mary was the first human in history to bring Jesus, this great message of Jesus, this great message of love. Somebody should get excited about this in this place. This great message of Jesus brings the fullness of God inside of each and every one of you. Jonas, you carry Jesus. Kirby, you carry Jesus. Lindsay, you carry Jesus. The fullness of God inside of you. Just like Mary. You're highly favored. Fullness of God. This should change everything. It should change how we look. Our plans were to just have a quiet life and maybe get married like, like, like to our like Mary would have. But yet, this should change everything about our lives. Now you're carrying the Most High God inside of you, and you should figure out a way in every way to bring him out of you so that the world can be changed, so that people can feel the Lord, to know his love, to know his life. You are a bringer of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. It's better that I go away. That's what he said. It's better that I go away so that the Holy Spirit will come. I want... Great City Tampa to be a church that understands the weight of this gift for us. That's his love, it's his compassion, and it's his grace for you. And church, I want you to know this. That all of this takes place not because of anything you've done. Not because of anything you've achieved in your life. There's nothing you've done to deserve it. There's nothing you've done to earn it. There's nothing you've done to be worthy of it. But church, hear me today. You are worth it. You are worth it. And he sees the worth in you. And he sees the gold in you. And that's why he's willing to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Well, as you know, me and Brianna, if you've been around us for a minute or not, you'll know today we are big Disney people. We love going to Disney World the first moment. We got those annual passes. We got the cheapest ones we could get. And then we go out there. We try to go out every, you know, a couple times a month to go to Disney with our kids. Why? Because we love experiences. We love making memories with our kids. We're going to be able to look back for the rest of our lives and go, well, it was so fun that we got to really great, make great memories. Rather than just sitting in our house and watching Mickey, we could actually go ride a Mickey ride. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else? No, it's just us. Jordan Westberg, though, I see you right there. You know, there are things, though, about Disney that I really don't like. Can we be honest? There's a lot of lines, so that's kind of it's kind of sucky. Um, probably the worst thing I'd say is, uh, is leaving, <laughs> driving home. Brianna and I have this ritual, pretty much, where we pull up to our driveway and we're exhausted. And we just stare at our garage door with the headlights on. And we go, God, can you please just carry our kids inside? It's just a terrible moment. You have to crawl inside the minivan and just like hoist the kids up and put them on your shoulder and change them and make sure they go to the bathroom so they don't pee the bed, all these things. It's terrible. 
I don't know if you remember when you were a kid and this would happen to you. You fall asleep in the back of the car and you wake up in like a random place. No idea where you are. It happened to me one time, Christmas Eve, my parents after Christmas Eve service said, we're driving to your grandparents' house, so get ready. It's an eight-hour drive, and we're leaving right after service. So drove through the night. All I remember is having a Happy Meal in one hand and a little Coke in the other, and I woke up to the obnoxious laughter of my grandpa. And I'm like, where am I? How did I get here? Those moments are interesting. It's, you know, why it's interesting is because you didn't get yourself there. You didn't, you weren't the one who carried yourself inside. You didn't drive yourself. You didn't get yourself there. It was because of somebody else and something else. See, to come to this thing called love, there's actually a carrier. There's something that holds it, and it's called grace. Grace enables us to live in the fullness of love. Grace enables us to have the fullness of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's because of grace. And I want you to hear this today. Without grace, we couldn't be loved. And without love, there wouldn't be a need for grace. So they go so hand in hand. First of all, it says in the scripture that God loved us. Do you hear this? God loved us. For God so loved the world. There's the first line that he places before everything else he loves you but there has to be a carrier for the God of all creation who is most holy and perfect in every way and blameless in every way there has to be a way for that God to be able to meet us who are born into a sinful nature and that's grace so we are loved and we are carried by grace into the love and from this great place we have the opportunity to be love. Galatians 2, 20 through 21 says this. I've been crucified with Christ no longer. I live, but Christ lives in me. There it is. You have the fullness of Christ living in you. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you seeing this church? It says in verse 21, this is so significant. Hear me now. I do not set aside the what? Grace, Grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. It's not the law. It's not right living. It's not anything that our actions do to get us to love. It's by the grace of God. And righteousness is gained through grace. See, the scripture is saying in many important ways that our walk with God, first of all, God loves and his grace is the pathway for you to live in and by his love. This grace that covers your sin, that makes a way for you. This grace that enables you to walk in freedom and leads you to the fullness of love. And now, we can be fully loved and carry the love of God. 1 John 4.16 says this. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. It's, it's working all together. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and I'm going to do a little bit longer of a conclusion today. So now what? We've heard the good news. We've heard the gospel. This is, I hope, in a way that maybe the gospel has been enlightening for you today, a way that you feel like you can really carry it. If you've been around church or you've been around believers for any time at all, you would have heard most of this stuff, right? But that's okay. That's why we're here today. We gather 
to be reminded, to be enlightened, and to go and be the light. And maybe you need somebody to champion the call of God inside of you today. So that's what we did. Presented the gospel. But have you ever heard it said that actions speak louder than words? I'm sure we all have many times in our lives. Actions speak louder than words. That's the reality of God giving his son for us. He's not just going to say that he loves us. He's going to take action. Do you hear me? He's not just going to say that he loves us. He's actually going to take action. But often for us, for example, we could say coming up on the New Year's that we have all these New Year's resolutions, but every year our actions don't match up, right? All the goals and dreams, maybe yours do, so you're holier than me. Yikes. Maybe you say you want to break those addictions, but your actions don't match up. We say we're going to get better friends, better spouses. We're going to be better friends, better spouses, better parents, but our actions don't match up. We can say we want to live a certain way for God, but if our actions don't match up, we're just dreaming. I could tell Brianna time and time again that we're not going to have any more kids, but if my actions didn't match up, we'd just keep having kids. So last year that doctor helped me out. You know what I'm saying? No more kids. No more kids. Thank you, God. And that's church. I'm going to pray that anointing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, you could have the best intentions, but without actions, Intentions are just dreams never come to be. You could have the best intentions, but without actions, intentions are just dreams never come to be. So that doesn't mean stop dreaming. It just means you have to take your dreams and give them feet and make them walk. Just got to make them walk. In the same way that your intentions drive your actions, we have to understand that our who and our why drives our what. Our who and our why drive our what. Your why and your who is so loved. It's your why and your who. So loved. And your what is so love. So loved so love so loved so love Jesus' words are this Matthew 22 37 through 40 Jesus replied love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is this love your neighbors as yourself all the law and prophets hang on these two commandments everything hangs on these two commandments Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's the meaning of Christmas. It's why he came to the earth. So that you could be loved. So that you can love. And first of all, we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our, our minds. And I'll tell you today, if you're out of alignment with God today, today is a day you can return full of grace and know that his love is there waiting for you. And secondly, actions speak louder than words. 
It's time for us to stand our ground, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to take the Great Commission and make it our purpose and make it our cause. So love. John 15, 12 through 14, it says this. My command is this. Love each other. As I've loved you, greater love is no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. You're so loved. You're so loved. This is for the sake of eternity, church. That's why we celebrate this Christmas season. That's why we remember the coming of Jesus and we now stand between the two advents awaiting his, his arrival again for the sake of eternity. I want to say this today and this might be a little hard to hear. But I want to challenge your thinking a little bit. You were not created to work a job as your purpose. You were not created to go to school to discover your purpose. You were not created for enjoyment as your purpose. You were not created to be a parent. And you were not created to be a spouse. But hear me, church. I know that was hard to hear. You were created for love as your purpose. And your purpose is to be love. And all of those things, your job, your schooling, your friendships, your parenting, your marriage, is enabling you to love greater and deeper. Everything that God puts in your life, everything you have to overcome, is just to learn to become better at your one and original purpose that you came out of the womb, known by God, that you are so loved and you are to love others. And it's beautiful how God takes your job and your school and all these things and helps you to feel like you have purpose. All the while knowing your purpose is to love. Is that all right? You know, when Brianna and I got married, I had no idea what it meant to truly love someone. Now after years of relationship of going through the good and the bad, mostly good, I can tell you that I have a glimpse of what it truly means to love someone. Having a baby and selflessly giving to that baby, I discovered what sacrificial love is. All of these things in our lives that now when you get married, when you have kids, they become a part of your purpose. All of these things have enabled me to be a better human, to love people greater, to have a greater understanding of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us and him coming. So church, this is the meaning of Christmas. This is why we celebrate the season. You're so loved, so love. In Luke 37 through 38, I'm going to finish with this. It says this. No word from the Lord will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. No word from God will ever fail. She's standing on the promises of what have been said. And then she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be with me, be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Would you stand to your feet? Church, this is to be our response. We've heard the call of God. You who are highly favored and most blessed, the Lord is with you. You are so loved, so loved. So now, what's your response to God? 
What are you going to do with this great mission? What are you going to do with this great purpose? Are you just going to carry it and let it go? Or are you going to carry it and bring life to it and let others be changed because of the love that is inside of you, church? We are servants of the Most High God. So if everybody would just raise their hands across this room. God, you see us. You know us. You've heard our hearts cry today as we've worshipped and surrendered. And so you see us now and surrender. You see our hearts. You see our passion for you. Lord, we understand our placement in this whole thing. Our purpose is love. Our purpose is that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son. So now, God, help us to love you and to love others, Lord. Help us to operate in grace and understand this great grace in which we live. We love you with all of our hearts. And Lord, help us to love the world like you love the world. Come on, church, let's sing this together. Here I stay. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.